This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, June 9th, 2013. Superheroes of the Bible, Deborah, given by disciple member Stephanie Griffin. Good morning, Connection Community Church. My name is Stephanie Griffin, and I'm a sinner, saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Father God, we come to you here today because we believe there's a God. And as the music was sung so beautifully earlier on this morning, we believe you're a God whose love never fails. It never runs out. And that your love goes on and on and it is even coming after us today and always. Open our hearts Soften us, Lord, to be able to take in everything that you have for us, that we may be changed and renewed. In Jesus' name we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all here at Connection said, amen. All right, we're in week two of our series on superheroes of the Bible. Week two is Deborah. Last week we had Gideon. This week we have a woman superhero. Yeah! <laughs> My favorite superhero growing up, confession time, uh, was Wonder Woman. You know, Wonder Woman was really cool. Does anyone remember Linda Carter as Wonder Woman? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm not alone. Good, good, good. She was my absolute favorite. You know, she had these cool cuff things on her wrists that she could deflect the bullets coming at her. And then she had this lasso that she would get around people. And when the golden lasso was around you, you had to tell the truth. Now, what parent wouldn't want one of those? <laughs> right? Yeah. But you know, every superhero has this way of transforming from the ordinary to the extraordinary. So Clark Kent, he became Superman in a phone booth, right? Okay. Bruce Wayne, he became Batman and he was in the Batcave. Yeah. Well, Diana Prince as Wonder Woman, she had this spin thing going on. Why don't you watch? <laughs> There she is. You know, Diana Prince, she started out all looking professional in her suit and her glasses and her hair up in a bun. And then, you know, she starts this spin thing. And before you know it, hair is out and bam, there she is dressed in this glitzy looking bathing suit, hoofing it after some criminal in high heeled boots, nonetheless. And in high heeled boots, somehow Wonder Woman and her lasso still caught him every time. Well, today's superhero of the Bible is the woman, Deborah. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, Deborah? Who's Deborah? I know some of you may know other Deborahs. Um, in Hollywood, we have Deborah Messing. And in the world of rock, there was Deborah Harry. Anybody remember Deborah Harry? Okay, Blondie, that's right. All right, how about, here's one. How about Debbie Reynolds? Anybody remember Debbie Reynolds? All right, I'm really showing my age now. And I've completely lost all the young people, right? I oh, know, no, I got one for the young people. Who hasn't heard of little Debbie? 
maker of oatmeal cream pies and nutty bars and zebra cakes and my son's favorite, cosmic brownies. He loves those cosmic brownies. But who is this Deborah in the Bible? Well, we find her in the pages of God's Word, the Bible, and her story is in the Old Testament, which is toward the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Judges. Last week, Carrie and Alan spoke on Gideon, and he, they told us about the love-hate relationship between the Israelites and the Lord God. We read about it in Judges chapter 2, speaking of the Israelites. When the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed and afflicted them. But it came about when the judge died that they would turn their back. They would turn back and act more corruptly than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not abandon their practices or their stubborn ways. So we understand in those days that God raised up these judges and everything would be going great for the people of Israel while the judge was living. Well, as soon as the judge died, then the people would start acting up and doing their own thing thing and uh, turning their back on God and eventually getting in trouble with their enemies. They would cry out to God and then God would raise up another judge and you see the whole cycle would start all over again. It kind of reminds me of how children under direct supervision are much better behaved. You know, when they go out from the watchful eye of the adult in charge, then all of a sudden, all you know what breaks loose, right? Well, things haven't changed all that much over the years. We tend to push boundaries when no one's looking, don't we? Like Gideon that we heard of last week, Deborah was one of these God-given judges. And her story is found just a little earlier than Gideon's in the Bible, in the book of Judges, chapter 4. After Ehud died, the people of Israel once again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them over to the power of Jabin. He was king in Canaan. He ruled in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera. Sisera lived in Harosheth Hegoim. Jabin used 900 chariots that had some iron parts. He treated the people of Israel very badly for 20 years, so they cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah was a prophet. She was the wife of Lapidoth. She was leading Israel at that time. Under the palm tree of Deborah, she served the people as their judge. That place was between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. The people of Israel came to her there. They came to have her decide cases for them, and she settled matters between them. Okay, so here we see that Deborah was both a prophet and a judge. One huge difference, though, between she and Gideon. She. That's right. God put a woman in charge. Well, 
She must have been very special to the Lord. For a woman to hold such a high position of honor in those days, I mean, we're talking, uh, historians believe this is about a thousand years B.C. or before Christ. So we know that God has used women in the Bible in mighty ways. You can look into other stories like uh, Rahab and Anna and um, Priscilla, Ruth, Esther, and of course, uh, Mary. But this woman, Deborah, she was actually in charge of all of Israel. Wow, what an honor. And she shared God's marching orders. We read in verse 6, Deborah sent for Barak. He was the son of Abinoam. Barak was from Kedesh in the land of Nephtali. Deborah said to Barak, The Lord, the God of Israel, is giving you a command. He says, go, take 10,000 men from the tribes of Nephtali and Zebulun with you, and then lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will draw Sisera into a trap. He is the commander of Jabin's army. I will bring him, his chariots, and his troops to the Kishon River. There I will hand him over to you. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. And continuing on, all right, Deborah said, I'll go with you. But because of the way you are doing this, you won't receive any honor. The Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So here we have Deborah as the woman in charge, the woman God appointed to be in charge, top dog. And there was an evil king in Canaan. His name was Jabin, and he had been treating the Israelites poorly for 20 years. And then his military commander, Sisera, he was a ruthless, uh, evil commander. He had a powerful army of 900 chariots. The people of Israel called out to God, and then God is getting ready to do something here. Deborah sends for a man named Barak and tells him that God is giving him a command. Deborah says God's message is to go, take 10,000 men from these tribes, and lead the way out to fight Sisera and his army. God is giving them into your hand. Well, his response is a little disconcerting. I'll go if you go with me, but if you don't go with me, then I won't go. All right, says Deborah, I'll go with you, but because of the way you're doing this, you won't receive any honor. The Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> now, as Deborah was a prophet of the Lord, it happened exactly the way she said. They both went out. God secured the victory in battle. And the honor of taking down the commander, Sisera, went to a woman, another woman named J.L. And that's a story for a different day, but it provides for some really interesting reading. If you want to see it later on in the book of Judges, you can go home and read that. That, that story is quite a quite a quite a story. But today we're going to look just at these scriptures here. The honor went to a woman. You see, Deborah is a true role model for us, an inspiration. 
she didn't get a high position of honor of being in charge of all of Israel for no reason. She was close to God. She heard God's word. She served God faithfully and courageously, and she carried out God's work. Someone like that is who we aspire to be as Christians. But somehow, if I'm honest with myself, I find myself looking less like Deborah and more like Barak. Hearing and knowing what God wants me to do and being hesitant or slow about doing it. Sometimes not even doing it at all. And then I feel badly because, like Barak, I lose out on God's best for me. Anyone here relate to that? Yeah. You see, God puts these Debras in our lives. He surrounds us with Debras. They could be our pastors, teachers, your parents, a brother or sister in Christ. Don't underestimate how God can talk to you. Might be a small child. Hey, in the Bible, he once used a donkey to talk. One thing we do know, though, is when he does talk to us through the Debras, it will line up with his word, the Bible. So why do I feel more like a Barak and less like a Deborah? I believe there are three reasons. There are probably more than three, but three biggies that I, we're going to look at today. Three reasons why we fail to respond to God's word through the Debras that he sends us. Three reasons why we fail to move. Reason number one, fear. Fear is paralyzing. 900 chariots, an angry king, a ruthless commander. Fear of failure may have been staring down at Barak. Does it ever stare down at you? <laughs> Praise be to God. Praise be out of the mouths of babes. Maybe it's the fear of letting someone down, that you won't live up to another person's expectations. Maybe it's the fear of getting hurt. You know, we put these walls around us, and we build them up so nobody can see what's going on inside our secret place. And there's a hardening going on. Perhaps it's the fear of the unknown. You know, we don't know what we don't know. As a matter of fact, if we knew what we don't know, then we'd know it, right? <laughs> I think Yogi Berra said that. If not, he could have. <laughs> if we could see everything clearly in front of us all the time, there would be no need for faith, right? We're not going to know everything. But that's okay, because he does. 
We walk by faith, not by sight. And his word is a light to our path. How about the fear of rejection? People may not like me if I don't go along with the crowd. Come on, everybody's doing it. You know what it's like. Let me show you a visual of what it's like. You see, when everybody's going this way downstream, the stream's going along, you get pulled into the stream, and you get caught up. You get caught up in the stream, and you might be getting caught up in the things that other kids at school are doing, or you're getting caught up in the things that other people at work are doing, and you're getting pulled in, and the stream is coming, and it's flowing, and sometimes you might get swept downstream, and it's much difficult to turn and to go against the flow of the ways of the world coming at you, and it's strong, and what are you going to do? But then... God gives you a Deborah, and you hear Deborah. Deborah's voice is saying, don't go that way. There's something better for you. You can do this. And you hear the word of the Lord come to your heart, and you realize God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And you begin to ford the stream, and you go up the stream, and then God sets your feet upon a rock high above the waters rushing below you. He sets you above that. Listen to the Debras. Hear God's word and get God's best. Reason number two keeps us from responding to God's word and, ooh, I do not like this one. Laziness or better known by its more sophisticated terminology, procrastination. I don't like either one of them. But I know that they speak to me. The Bible gives us such great imagery. Like a door turns on its hinges, so the sluggard turns on his bed. Ouch. I know this touches my life in certain areas. And I'm seeking God. I'm seeking his help in the areas where I can be lazy. How about you? When I feel God's prodding and I don't move, then I'm compromising. I'm compromising myself and I'm compromising all my outcomes. Somehow, Oh, laziness, it, it can feel so good at the beginning. It feels so right. But then by the end, when I've procrastinated, it doesn't turn out so well, does it? I only end up feeling worse. What do you do when you hear God's word? Do you put it off till tomorrow? Do you file it away somewhere for another day? Young people, do you think you're going to have all these years down the road to serve God? And you can just, it can just be later, not right now. Now's fun time. It'll be later. Serve Christ wholeheartedly now. Today, if you hear his word, do not harden your hearts. Listen to his voice. Here's a thought. Today 
is the day to obey. When you hear that voice of laziness coming to you, think, today is the day to obey. Will you say that with me? Today is the day to obey. Amen? Reason number three, despair. Despair is immobilizing. Despair, abandoning all hope, losing heart. All these indicate a kind of sadness of spirit that can keep us immobilized and and even frozen from responding to God. At times, situations and circumstances come into our lives and boy, they throw us for a loop. Remember earlier we read, after Ehud died, the people of Israel once again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. When something or someone dies in our lives, or things don't go the way we thought they should, when a hope or a dream dies, and we sink into a sort of spiritual sadness, If we're not careful, we can veer off course. And before long, we find ourselves making decisions that are contrary to the will of God. Oh, it may seem subtle at first, just a little veering off, but when the trajectory goes down the road, we've gotten way off course. This can be a dark place, despair. I confess in the past, I've been all too familiar with it. Some call it the dark night of the soul. Knowing that Christ has all the power to make things right, but it's just, just out of reach. So what do we do? Look at the last line. So they cried out to the Lord for help. The Lord hears the cries of his people. The Lord hears the cries of his people. If there is one thing, if there's one thought that you take from this message today, I pray it would be this. Hear God's voice telling you, the Lord hears the cries of his people. And the Lord heard their cries and sent help. He gave them a Deborah. His word came to them. And his word can come to you. But you've got to open it. His word has come to you. But you've got to receive it. Has God put a Deborah in your life encouraging you to read God's word? If you come here, he has, because I know the pastors here at Connection have been encouraging you. Perhaps he's put other people in your life as well. When I was in the middle of my dark night, and um, I didn't know if I could go on, because sometimes despair gets that dark, and it gets, it gets that bad. The word of the Lord spoke to my heart in Micah 7 and said, 
I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God hears me. Do not rejoice over me, O my enemy, for though I fall, yet will I rise. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. Micah 7, 7 and 8. You know, that word, it, it, didn't, it didn't get rid of my situation. It didn't, it didn't end my situation. But boy, did it keep me in God's peace and strength while I was going through the situation. The Lord hears the cries of his people. Psalm 28 says, Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. Say this next part with me. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. Praise God. So what can we take home from this? Looking at these three villain words, fear, laziness, despair, we know God has better for us than that. As we grab a hold of God's perspective, we see these three start to fade away because when fear comes into our lives, we're going to remember God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And then when laziness is whispering in our ear, we're going to say, no, 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 no. Today is the day to obey. And oh, grace from God, if you are in a spirit of despair, if you have a situation of despair, or, or if you've been there before, you know that we can take heart by knowing the Lord hears the cries of his people. These are the ways we should respond to God's word. And you see, this is what happens as we start listening to God's word through the Debras that he places all around us. In closing, in verse 14 of Judges, chapter 4, Deborah says to Barak, Arise, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. Here the word of the Lord says, Arise. In some other translations, it says, go. In another translation, it says, up. What's the Lord calling you up to do? Whatever it is, the battle is the Lord's, and he has given the enemy into our hands. Whatever it is, Jesus Christ secured the victory for every battle you face, when he died on the cross, Jesus said all authority has been given in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, do what? Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God is calling us to go. He's calling us up. What are we waiting for? The Lord has gone out before you. We can give him our fears and our failings and our fragile situations, those things which keep us from responding to his call. He can handle them better than we can anyway. Then we'll be on our way. 
to looking less like a Barak and looking more like a Deborah. A Deborah, one who stays close to him, who hears his word, and who carries out God's plans. So maybe I did want to be like Wonder Woman when I was a child, I admit it. But today I think I want to be a different kind of Wonder Woman. A woman like Deborah, for sure. But also a woman full of the wonder of the Lord. May we never lose the wonder of the glory of God, the wonder of the cross the wonder of his goodness and mercy extended to us. The word of the Lord. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we are humbled when we see in perspective the life of Deborah Oh, what an example. Help us to take a step toward you today, Lord. Conquering our fears, our laziness, our procrastination with your word. Help us in situations of despair that we know we could cry out to you, God, and you are there. You will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God. Do your work in our hearts today. Let your word go down deep and let the Holy Spirit continue to renew our minds in Christ Jesus and transform our lives as we go with your word from this place. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.